Welcome to the podcast, Seattle Real Estate with Mark Chavez, a resource for people looking to buy and sell real estate. Join me as I share my experiences, tips, and insights about buying and selling real estate in the Seattle market. For the next few minutes, I'll share real-time market stats, tips on how to become a savvy real estate consumer, and interview other real estate professionals that can help you through this process. Well, thank you for joining me in today's podcast. I have a local uh, Seattle home inspector, uh, Dylan Chalk, who um, I think has been a big influence in my real estate career ever since I met you and uh, the book that you wrote. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, The Confident House Hunter, I think has been such a big component of my real estate career when it comes to me understanding you know, the product that I'm selling, and also to help my clients understand what they're buying. I've had such great response from clients that I figured that this would be a great opportunity to have you on my show. And, um, you know, share with others, you know, why you did this and, and what your background is and what you found value in it. So Dylan, thank you very much for joining me today. How are you? Yeah, great, Mark. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Fun to fun to talk about this stuff. <laughs> well, of course, of course. So, uh, explain to me. I mean, uh, how did you? Well, let's start. I guess we can start off at the beginning. It's like, how did you start off to becoming a home inspector, and how long have you been doing this? Yeah, so I, I was always interested in building and stuff, and and ironically, I actually wanted to be a writer, and. Okay. Um, and at a certain point, one realizes that a life of poverty is probably not going to be the most enjoyable. <laughs> so I, I realized that I might need to figure out some way in which I could pay the bills. And uh, so home inspection always, I sort of bumped into it uh, randomly, just meeting a fellow, another home inspector and was like, wow, this is a job. That, that sounds really fun. Um, so that was kind of how I got into it. And then what was interesting when I started getting into inspection is, you start to realize that people never really take a class to think about houses, you know, that you don't okay. take one in high school, you don't take one in college. There's not like a, here's how your house works manual. And yet they're the most valuable asset that probably most of us own, probably the most expensive thing we'll ever buy. Yeah. We're probably in a huge amount of debt simply to buy it. <laughs> and nowadays you hire somebody to work on it and they're like a hundred dollars an hour, you know? Plus, oh yeah. Uh, so they're, they're expensive. So I, I, I felt I, that, that somebody needed to help people get, get, give them a tool that helps them kind of understand how they work, how houses are put together. And, and it's almost a, a sort of 30,000 foot view of houses. Uh, I try not to get too deep into the weeds in the book so that it can be helpful for everybody. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you, that you bring that up about classes, you know, especially, I guess, in you know, in primary school, it's, I remember the home ec class and this is what I remember. And, you know, for home ec teachers, you know, please don't take offense to this, but I remember home ec, there was like the taught you how to, I think is sew something. Uh, one day I remember my friend saying, oh, we learned how to make quesadillas or enchiladas today. And, <laughs> you know, how to bake, how to bake a cake or something like that. And, you know, I thought that was cool at the time. You know, I think I was in middle school. Uh, but now that I think about it, it's, you know, some of the things that I think should be taught in home ec or whatever you want to, you know, call that is, uh, you know, compound interest, you know, how to save for a house, how to, yeah. how to manage your money, 
you know, uh, probably your biggest investment, like you said, is going to be your home purchase. What do you need to do to get there? It's like, what credit score you need to have? Why does that matter? And, you know, why buy a house? What does it mean to buy a house? You know, because we don't get that, you know, early on in our lives. And I guess many times we don't get it. And there's that hesitation of, I don't qualify, or I don't know how and I don't start. And I think a lot of people um, don't move into home ownership, because they don't know. That's right. Yeah. And even in today's world, there's a lot of um, uh, down payment assistance. So Mm -hmm. it's not even the I don't have enough money for the down payment. So, um, well, and you can really miss out on the best way for, I mean, it's how most of us can save money. I mean, it is just the house. It's the best savings mechanism for most Americans. So missing out on that can be really painful in your old age. If you can get into a house, it can be a great thing, but they can also be really expensive. (laughs) Yeah, they can. Uh, And I think this is where, this is where you come in. And, you know, apart from being a home inspector and, you know, you being able to come out and inspect the homes, um, but also, you know, the book that you wrote. So, you know, let's talk about this book. Um, it sounds like I didn't know that you wanted to be a writer. So how did this happen? You're just like, you know what? I've been doing these home inspections and now I'm going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, a, a lot of it was, I mean, the, the classic story I tell is, is I really, in my home inspections, I try to really teach people a lot about the house. So that it's not just a bunch of random defects. They have context for all of the, the repairs or the things that we're finding. And, and I try to point out a lot of the good attributes to a house as well as things that might need to be fixed. And I, what I found is at the end of the home inspection, people, especially first-time home buyers, were like, geez, I, I wish I knew this stuff before I started looking for a house. I mean, I, the, you taught me all these things. I, I look at houses differently now, and but now I've already bought this house, you know, like I, I wish I had known this sooner. And so yeah. that was when the kind of light went off of like, yeah, that it makes sense that I should take this sort of knowledge and put it into a book. And th- there's so many ways you can look at a house and predict all of the shortcomings and attributes that it will have. And so that was what I, that was my real objective is trying to, I, and I, in the book, I unpack houses, you can sort them by age. So you could say it's a 1940s house and like, all, as soon as I know that, like that I'm populating this list of things in my head that I want to know, you know, but um, it, it's a very sort of proactive approach to looking at houses and Another another thing that I was trying to get after is this. There's a cliche in in real estate that home inspectors are deal killers, you know, because we write reports with information in it, you know. And and I always felt that a lot of that came from this place of um, just not being able to have context for these things. Like it's very rare that I write a report with a bunch of repairs that don't make total sense to me, like based on the age and the type of house and all that stuff, it almost everything fits into these logical patterns. And so um, when you see those patterns, then it's not this sort of arbitrary assault on the house. It's like, well, it makes sense. This is a bunch of things that are at the end of their life or that's how they did them then, you know? And it's interesting, I've never heard of anybody call the call you, I guess you as the inspector, a deal killer, the report that you're providing. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. Is that that must be a while ago? It's a tired old, you know, you don't deal with it in Seattle much, but that, you know, it's hard. Real estate's a commission based thing, and there certainly can be a lot of pressure on home inspectors. And um, I don't deal with it at all, but, you know, to like write really light reports with not much information in them so that the deal goes through, you know, um, and, um, 
you know, but I, I don't, in, in the Seattle market, we don't deal with that hardly at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've always found, um, a home inspection report, almost like a litmus litmus test of the condition uh, that the home is in. Mm-hmm. And I, well, you know, one thing that I do like about like condominiums, they have what they call a reserve study. You know, someone has come in, inspected the property, uh, well, all the common areas and exteriors and said, all right, okay, this is the condition that everything is in. In so many years, you're going to have to yeah. repair this. And it's going to cost, so it costs this much money today, you know, plus inflation times five years. This is what it'll cost to do that. And I've always wished that there was a reserve study report for single family homes, Yeah, yeah. And, which I think would be awesome. Um, I, I think the closest thing to that is a home inspection report. Absolutely. A great inspection. I think gets you really close to that. Yeah. I mean, I, you could read my reports. I mean, I don't put numbers in. You'd have to you know, get your own numbers, but that's all sort of readily more or less accessible information. Yeah. And um, you could build a spreadsheet off of a good inspection report. And uh, absolutely. And, and that I try to think of the report as a, a blueprint for maintaining the house and, and even owning it. You know, boy, the modern houses today are so complicated with ventilation systems and the heat, heating and cooling systems. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot going on in these. So I, I try to explain what all these bits and gadgets are that are installed in all these houses. Uh, so they can be really valuable as sort of a blueprint for, for owning your house. Yeah. And I think the technology of the new houses makes it even more complicated. You know, before it was the furnace, you know, it's like, yeah, put coal into, into it and it heats up yeah. the house. <laughs> That's now right. it's like, okay, it's this computer, you got to move it this way. And then if this, if it doesn't work, it's like, okay, who do you call somebody, you know, to fix the furnace or do you call an electrician? Mm-hmm. You know, so it gets a little more complicated and, I really like, you know, uh, how even in the in, in the reports, home inspection reports, there's recommendations to here's a link to go here and learn a little bit more about this, or this is how it's supposed to be built. Here's some diagrams, or here's some resources so you understand how it is uh, supposed to be done versus to how it, you know, the condition it's in or how it was built. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's useful. Um, talk to me about how you came up with the the how you break down the components of a house yeah um, yeah because and i thought that confident. was yeah because that yeah because yeah in the book in the, in the confident yeah. house center because i read it and i'm just like oh my god that makes sense oh i'm so glad you like that so that i mean that's actually sort of some original thought you know this is not like an industry way of thinking of these things but i i was driving around in seattle between inspections thinking about this book and thinking how am i going to teach people to distinguish the little stuff that i call the noise of a home inspection that it shows up everywhere versus like the real kind of big things that are scary you know yeah uh and so i started thinking of the house's components and i divided them into three categories so to me there is the disposable systems and some of these can be really expensive you know so uh, uh, let's say we do an inspection and the house needs a new roof and a new electric panel and people are going my god that's a terrible inspection we're all going to die and i'm just thinking no those are like they're disposable things like they're that's just a number i mean it's a it's a spreadsheet item right it 
I don't know, a roof's 10,000 and a panel's 3,000. I mean, they're big numbers, but at the end of the day, they're a known quantity. Um, and they're, if you own a house for a certain period of time, there's a good chance you'll put a new roof on it. I mean, that's like the, a car that needs tires, you know? Um, so, you know, under that category, you'd have things like uh, water heaters and heating and cooling equipment and appliances and stuff. And then I started thinking about, you know, uh, let's say you're buying a fixer mark and it's like grandma's house and you got to redo the pipes and the wires, you know, but that's a lot more complicated, right? Because they're behind the walls, yeah. you know, so you, you don't, it's hard to get to things. So that adds a layer of complication. So that was kind of the entrenched systems would be things that are a bit more, you know, you can update the windows, but it's kind of tied into the siding and the trim and yeah. the, it's more complicated. So uh, those are the entrenched systems that are updatable, but a layer more complicated than the disposable systems. Yeah. Um, and then the core systems. And, and to me that, that, you know, that answers that sort of question of like, you know, what are the bones of a house, which, which that was another interesting thing. A lot of people ask me, does the house have good bones? But I always ask them to, what are the, what do you mean by that? What are the bones? You know, I mean, I, I don't think people think that all the way through. So I actually put quite a bit of thought of like, well, what are the bones of a house? You know, what are the really key things? I mean, to me, the biggest bone of a house is the site. Okay. In interesting that you, that you talked that about the location and I guess the site's part being, being, a, uh, I guess part of the bones of the house because I wouldn't even think about that. And I've yeah. read your book several times. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, to me, you know, does it have good bones? I interpret that as, is the foundation okay? Yeah. You know, are uh, the walls not going to fall down on yeah, me? Yeah, the foundation and frame, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I actually, when I, before I read your book, I considered the bones as just being like the outer shell, uh, including the roof. Mm -hmm. um, and the windows. I'm like, if, if the outer shell and the, and the foundation are good, the house is good. Cause you can yeah. do all the inside, all of the other stuff, but it was interesting for you to distinguish that the roof is disposable, just like the tires in the car. And every time I think about that and I explain it, everybody's like the aha moment of like, Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a thing that you redo all the time. Whereas how are you going to redo the site? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, if you've got site problems, you've you've got you know, I mean, you do sometimes houses have like a whole drain. They're built in a drainage ditch, yeah. basically, right? And I just did one like that a month or two ago, and I was like, I this could be really hard to fix the drainage problems here. And if you looked at me and said, "How will I fix the drainage problems?" I'd be like, "I, I don't know." I mean, you'd start with the, the most obvious solutions and hope they work and then start working your way back. So uh, to me, the, the core things that present risk to buyers are uncertainty, you know, whereas um, putting on a new roof is not uncertainty. That's just a, it's a fixed cost more or less. I mean, you know, bids could move around 10% or something, but they're not, that's not going to bite you too bad. Um, but, you know, the unknown drainage problem could get really frustrating. You could spend $40,000 putting in all this drainage and the basement could still get wet, you know, yeah. um, uh, it's tricky. You know? Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, and talk about basements. That's one thing that I always think about is, um, I'm sensitive to, to, to smell. So when I walk down into a basement and it smells wet or mm -hmm. it's, you know, I'm just like, okay. You know, and I pointed out to my clients, I'm like, are you comfortable with this smell? 
Mm-hmm. You know, is this something that you Good can spend you. Yeah. hours on down here? And then that opens up the conversation as to, oh, do you think it's it's uh, there's water leaking or do you think there's moisture? Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I don't want to say that there is or isn't, but I'm just like, well, that smell has something to do with water. Mm-hmm. You know, we Probably may does. not be able to see it now. Um, and I think I think this is your your tip, you know, and so I'll give you credit for this. But I think it was go see homes in the worst weather condition. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, here in Seattle, because of course, you know, most people shop in the spring and summer. And when the sky is falling, I mean, even I don't want to go out. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to go out. I'm like, this is the good time to go see the houses. You see if the water is coming towards the house, oh, away from yeah. the house. You know, uh, we walked into one house and we could see that the retaining wall, so it's built on a slope and the upper house uh, was up on a hill. So they had a huge retaining wall and it had just rained, I think the day before. It was a pretty strong rain. When we went to go see that house that following day, there was water still coming through those rocks onto their mm-hmm. deck. And I'm like, well, what do you think? Where do you think this water is going? It's going down to the ground around your foundation. And this is before we went down to the basement and we got down to the basement. And we're like, oh, yeah, I smell it. They're like, no, mm-hmm. this is not going to work. Yeah. No. And I tell you one thing that if about being a home inspector is you're always somewhat horrified how much stuff you can find when the weather's terrible. <laughs> you know, and I mean, this right now we're having this interview and it's 90 degrees outside and uh, it's the worst weather for inspecting. You really can't tell what what's going to happen in February, you know, everything's yeah. dry. So but it's also been look- dry for the past what week. Yeah. Yeah. So you look for the little clues this time of year. I mean, you really hang, hang, hang your hat on like little things that you can find, but that's a tough element to being a home inspector that people don't appreciate how the data that we gather is so uh, determined by the season and the weather conditions when we're out there. And that's sort of out of our control. You, you show up when you show up. <laughs> yeah. Do you have experience in which you've been into a home and you can't find anything, anything wrong that you want to point out? Um, no, you know, what's really interesting now, Mark, is I do mostly, I do tons of pre-listing inspections. And the interesting, I think when I started doing home inspections, working for buyers, you were often writing a report that was kind of a, a documentation of what you went over and discussed with the buyer when you were there. But when you write a report that you have no idea who is going to read it and who might derive benefit from it and whether they have, their grandmother could be living with them or their babies or, you know, for, children or whatever, you know, you really write what I consider a much more descriptive report. I try to make a report that like really explains all the systems in the house and what they are and where they are and what I know and what I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So I found that my report writing's really changed over the years just a lot because of the pre-listing inspection of just trying to have all that information for, you know, 30 different people could look at it and there would be everything they need for all 30 of those people. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so this is the big question that many home buyers have today is well, we got a report that the seller procured. So the seller is going to list their house and they do a an inspection of the house and they provide that report. Mm-hmm. And you know, and there's and they're providing it to everybody who's interested in buying a house. So many buyers hesitate to really accept that report because it's just like oh no the seller procured Mm -hmm. it uh i mean the underlying message is um 
did they tell the inspector not to put certain things in there or you know can we really trust this and and that the all the information is in there um what i mean i can assume but what's your take on that no great great i mean this would be really worth unpacking i i think pre-listing inspections are so valuable when well done. You know, the problem with the home inspection industry is that it's a huge scale. I mean, to compare it to cars, there's Yugos and there's Ferraris. Yeah. <laughs> and there's everywhere in between. And, you know, I think what if you're making a purchase decision, you need to, my advice would be to have looked at enough home inspection reports that you can tell whether you're looking at a Yugo or looking at a Ferrari or somewhere in between. And um, I literally this morning came from a house that had a pre-listing inspection and they bought it based on that, but then they hired me to do a real inspection when they got their house. And, you know, there was, they just realized I would find all kinds of things that weren't in that report. And they, they knew that ahead of time. It didn't bother them. They just they had actually read some of my reports and then they saw the report that was given to them when they were buying it. And they realized that first report wasn't very thorough. There's just not much in it, you know? So, um, oh, you know, I, I think it, you need to make those decisions of whether that's a good enough inspection kind of based on what you see, how detailed is it? You yeah. Know? Um, and I think always try to get your own inspection if possible. I would always advise that. Um, but you know, the reality is that's often not possible. That may be, be all you have. And, and I really unpack a lot of things in the confident house hunter to try to help people evaluate that risk that every house presents. Um, you know, in this case today, it was this really awesome mid-century grandma, grandpa kind of house. And, you know, given what their expectations were, they kind of knew they were going to buy a house, they were going to redo a bunch of things in it. And given what I could see in front of me really quickly, I, I was instantly like, this is a great house to just not worry about an inspection on. Perfect. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I've seen so many reports that I'm, you know, just by looking at reports, even without meeting the inspector, I'm already biased to some of them because some reports are so easy to read mm -hmm. um, where it's like, here's the description, here's the picture. Um, you know, I've seen other reports where it's just all text and I have a supplemental document that's got all pictures, trying to pair them up. And some of them are not very detailed or it's hard for me to make the connection. So I figured if it's hard for me to make the connection, it's probably gonna be harder for the, you know, the client to mm -hmm. make the connection because I see the reports all the time. So um, I think that's one good thing that people should think about is get familiar with the type of reports that different inspectors provide, mm -hmm. you know, and how thorough they are in, in their reports. Um, Okay, it's a great it's a great barometer of kind of how much you want to trust what's being pushed out there. But I, I do tons of pre-listing inspections, and I personally try really hard to do the same product that I would deliver for a buyer. I mean, to me, they're not they're they're become worthless if you don't do the same thing you would do for a buyer. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I don't get a lot of pushback on that personally, but I, you know, you sort of develop. Um, relate working relationships with people where they know what to expect you know yeah and 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 i think it's really good i mean i've had you know a lot of my clients um i give them the book so uh when they awesome. get it when they get it in their kit and here let me show you so this is this is what i have as a home buyer kit so it comes in a little box like this and inside of course is oh that's so great mark you're awesome <laughs> it's your book it. and i give them this book and you know, and I wish I would have kept this. I don't know. I don't know why I took them out. But I had one of my clients 
um, go through this book. And after they bought their home, they gave me the book back and they said, here, this was really helpful. Please, you know, pass it on to somebody else. And the whole thing, the top was just covered in, um, in post-its. Awesome. And That's all great. Tagged different colors because each color meant a certain thing. And they had comments. And then, of course, when I got it, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm like, boop, 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 take them off. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I should have kept that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, on how you put this together and how people have reacted to it. So, you know, I, I want to take a moment and read some of the, um, some of the quotes awesome. that, that I've got, that I was able to get from, um, I, I think it was Amazon where I got them, where they did the book reviews. So, okay. Uh, number one, Dylan's book has been a great resource for those clients and agents who wish to understand the why behind the defects and deficiencies found during an inspection. Uh, the way Dylan breaks down the home systems and components into categories, uh, elements that can be prioritized is efficient and effective. To me, I mean, that really talks about, you know, the structure of you have your disposable systems, your entrenched systems, and your core systems. Yeah. So, you know, how I use it, you know, I'll tell my clients, all right, you know, we're going to do, we have a little checklist that I, that I put together from your book. And it's like, here's the checklist. All right. If you have a lot, uh, you know, it's in a score, it's, it's points. So if you score medium to high points on a house that has, you know, more disposable items that scores really low, I mean, no, the scores high, you're like, you're good to go there. But if you have something that scores really low in, in the core systems, so, you know, it's not excellent. It's in poor condition, needs to be replaced. I'm like, run away from the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's a lot of money. It's like if you have mm -hmm. to fix the foundation, yeah. you know, or anything major like that. Well, and a really important thing to think about, too, is I, the motto I do come at the house is that every house is a great house for the right person at the right price. That's true. You know, and I mean, it, I, I remember doing an inspection for a builder and, and at the end we concluded that it was probably better to tear this house down. And he was sort of like, ah, good. I was hoping you were going to say that, you know, and, and but, you know, I, I thought that was interesting. Like this was, you know, if a house on a, an inspection on a teardown can go well, like he was like, great. I was sort of hoping you'd say that. I didn't really want to fix this old thing anyway, but it was helpful to go through with you and think about it and think about what we would do to fix it. You know, and he, he bought it mostly for the land. I think he had, you know, he knew what he was going to do yeah. and the house was in this sort of gray area of like, well, should I try to fix it or should we just demo it? And um, so I, you know, the point is like a lot of it is getting your expectations as a home buyer into an accurate alignment with the condition of the house. Yeah. The further out of alignment that is, the greater risk you will have. You know. Um, whereas if you can get your expectations in alignment with it, that's that's what helped bring your your risk way down. So the house I did today, you know, it did need new pipes before too long, and and a couple other bigger things. But they had sort of they their expectations were already there. They kind of knew they were going to have to do some stuff like that. So, yeah, um, and that's the best thing. And sometimes. I think going through these inspections is really great to help, especially a first time home buyer. You know, it's this big fantasy world of like, yes, I'm going to buy a house and I'm not sure what that means, but I'm going to buy a house. And then when you go in and do the inspections, you're like, oh, okay. So what are we willing to compromise? You know, what can we do? What can we afford to do? Especially yeah. for first time home buyers. Uh, let me read the second quote. Yeah. It says, what a fantastic read. I devoured it. 
<laughs> the breadth of knowledge that Dylan brings uh, to the table is conveyed in an approachable language with wit and precision. I am a home inspector myself and also work in C the Seattle area, and I will not hesitate to recommend this book to my clients. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so coming from a colleague, that's really good. And honestly, even for me uh, as a realtor, this is, I think that every realtor, uh, and I guess in the country, everyone, um, this should be part of the core curriculum to get your license. Yeah. Because- we are in sales. The product that we are selling are homes. We have to know this. So I remember picking this up early on in my career um, as a realtor. I wish I would have had this when I was flipping homes. But, you know, when I when when I first met you and I read it, it was just like mind blowing. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like gold. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. And it's just like it's always been part of my uh Part of my packet you know this is what i give my buyers and you know and every year i'm like hey dylan i need to order uh, you know a whole new set of books you know get my <laughs> little box of books i'm gonna go through them um, and that has been really really great um in terms of an asset for me um what are you hearing i mean are, are i mean i guess how do you feel about this i mean uh, look at looking at the scores or the reviews on amazon you're getting really great reviews do you uh, read those yeah, it's so rewarding. I mean, it's um, it, it's really just touching. I, it's amazing, and especially when just people that like different parts of the country that are able to get so much from it. And um, so that I mean, that's the incredible part about being a writer is the strange way in which you get to help people that you never even met. You know, and it's so I, it's always it's very humbling, and I'm I'm so gratified and feel great that people can seek help from this and and find help in it. And I, and I'm quite proud of the writing. I I. Really really wanted it to be a well-written book that was mildly funny, you know, <laughs> so I try to roll bits of humor in there where, where I could to make it, um, uh, you know, not totally serious. Um, um, well, it, I mean, for me, I hate reading, um, you know, because I'm not a fast reader, um, but this was such an easy book to read and so and so inspiring that I was just like, oh my god, this is great, and I had notes all over mine, uh, <laughs> you know, when, as we were preparing for this, you know, you were kind enough to send me an article that I read regarding some of the stats, uh, you know, according to a recent, you know, what is it, uh, bank, bank rate survey, 64% of millennials ages 25 to 40 are facing regrets after buying a home uh, compared to 33% of baby boomers. Um, about 21% of home buyers listed that the maintenance costs are higher and the biggest regret. Not interesting. Yeah. So- that's a lot. It's huge. And it, it tells me back to your point that I just feel like the real estate process has not built in a knowledge of home ownership in, into the process. You know? And, and, you know, to your point, like to become a real estate agent, I don't think there's a single requirement to know anything about a house really, which is crazy. Not like, really. I mean, there's nothing like, so you, you know, I mean, and so, and, you know, there's a lot of incredible agents that know tons about houses, yeah. but it's all sort of trial by fire, you know, yeah. and, and what, what's your background and what, you know, tool bag were you able to bring to, to the, the table? So, um, and, and I, you know, I think that this book could help fill that gap is, is just sort of giving that sort of set of expectations yep. so that they understand that, that there's a lot of real costs that come with home ownership that you can get really hurt by it. I mean, I, I don't, 
you know, 2008, when that whole thing happened and the, yeah. the collapse, I, that was truly heartbreaking being a home inspector. I inspected foreclosed homes for like two years and it just broke my heart. So many people were doing irrational things to their homes. They, they watched television shows and got carried away with crazy remodels that had no real bearing in reality and then lost their houses. And so anyway, I think that's, you know, a financial and a house literacy is sort of uh, so important. And because, you know, I'm the biggest fan of home ownership there is, it's, it's a, the best way for people to, to accumulate wealth and to have a secure, safe place to live. But it does come with re responsibilities. And so hopefully the, the book helps kind of uh, people see that and, and get tools for kind of managing it and thinking about it. You know? Yeah. And I think this is really good, you know, and, and I always tell people, you know, if you don't have time to read this whole book, there's the cheat sheets. I think it's chapter 17. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think this kind of goes to the beginning, you know, when we started talking today that you're just like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's a 1960s house. This is what I'm expecting. Mm -hmm. So what was the intent of writing those, uh, writing that cheat sheet at the very end? Uh, for just what you said, I mean, my whole time I was doing this, I was sort of mildly terrified that people basically don't like to read anymore. I mean, we have attention spans of like three seconds, you know, <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, I, I mean, so I really racked my brain and worked hard to try to a make the writing so that it was just pleasant and easy to read, which, you know, hopefully sounds like it was painless to do, but it was actually really hard, you know, you took to write like that. And, um, and then, you know, I, I tried to kind of contain things in like bulleted form as much as possible so that you had smaller digestible chunks. Uh, nobody likes to read like how-to books can't be too dense to me or they put everybody off. You know, you need to be able to kind of get at things. So. Yeah. And I think the way you've done it is really great. You know, I put together a little, a little um, like a postcard cheat sheet that kind of says, you know, it's pretty much an outline of your I book. I love like, that. These are the components. So here, I'll show you. Um, so here's the cheat sheet that I put together. That's and of awesome. course, I love that. That's great. I always put it on chapter seven and I insert it there. So I give them the book when I explain, you know, their home buyer kit. And it's like, and if you don't have time to read the book here, just go. It's a bookmarker for me. It's like, go to chapter seven. Just read that chapter. That's awesome. You yeah. Know? Good for you, Mark. That's so great. Well, you know, that's what I, 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 I love to see. There's great information in there, but I know people are too busy to read is the sad truth, but you've done some great work to help be like, look, if you just give it like 20 minutes, you know, you can extract some really useful data out of there pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, so I'm going to put you on the spot here and, uh, and hopefully not in a bad way, but um, when is the Spanish version coming out? Oh, I would love to do that. I need to talk to the publisher. I actually don't even have an audio book yet. But the problem with an audio book with this is I think most people generally want to make a lot of notes yeah, in it yeah. and stuff. So I, th I don't think it'd be the best audio book. I would love to do a Spanish version. You think it'd catch on? Could you help me uh, help me push that one? Well, we can talk <laughs> offline because uh, okay. yeah. I, ha I have something for you. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you. So I took a lot of notes. I felt like I was back in college you know, and I was going to get tested on this. So when I read it, I took a lot of notes and uh, I had a, I had a, uh, a Spanish speaking client whose English was not that strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course my kit comes with this book and, you know, and I presented the book without even thinking. And she's like, Mark, you really think I'm going to read this? 
I'm like, oh my God, you have a point. Yeah. And she was so awesome that that through the entire process of helping her with her purchase, that I found myself translating a lot of documents and a lot of resources into Spanish yeah. to help her. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, I'm sending her documents. I'm like, hey, okay, I got to spend extra time translating all of this. That I actually did some translation of my notes and I gave to her. I'm like, oh, here's this section of this. So when we're going to go look at this or when the inspection says this, you know, and she found it so useful. And I've been meaning to reach out to you and talk to you about this. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But I, I think it would be really helpful. And I believe if I'm not wrong, uh, the, I think the biggest minority population uh, of home buyers, I think is growing. I think it's the Hispanic community. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, this would be a great asset, uh, yeah. you know, for them to have. Um, but anyway, I digress. I love it. I love I digress. it. I'll, I'll reach out to the publisher. I, I don't know what their policy is on, uh, you know, I don't know, like if there's a certain point at which you, you get qualify for a, a, a printing your book in other languages, but I would love it. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be really good. And, you know, and I don't know what it takes, but, you know, we could talk later about that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's been very, very useful in my career. Um, so thank you very much for, you know, for joining me today, talking about your book. And in the show notes, I will, I will uh, list your, um, your contact information. If somebody wants to reach out to you uh, for a home inspection, um, and also your book. So, so I don't screw it up. Uh, would you share your contact information and what the best way is for someone to reach out to you if they want to do a home inspection? Yeah, probably my website, just, uh, my company's Orca, like the whale, orcainspect.com. Okay. Um, if you Google Orca inspections, I'm firmly planted in Al Gore's World Wide Web. <laughs> so you can find me. Uh, yeah. And the, the website, I have a little intake form. So you can fill that out to Perfect. get us get us the data we need to kind of um, figure out when we can do it and how much it all costs and stuff. <laughs> Perfect. So I'll include that in the show notes. I'll also include uh, information about the reference material of your book, The Confident House Center. Uh, it's gotten five stars on Amazon. You know, I buy bulks, you know, every year to give to my clients as part of their, their home buying, buying kit. And every time I have a new, a new friend or a new colleague who comes into the real estate world, I was like, here, let me give you one of the things that's really going to help you with your career. That's um, awesome. My colleagues have said, oh my God, it makes me feel much more confident in selling a house. And for my buyers, you know, I don't want to leave the show without mentioning this. One of the best feelings for me is when it's a first time home buyer and they're eager to, you know, to buy their home and they're excited, but they don't know much and they have the opportunity to read the book. And when, when they're meeting with the inspector and, you know, shadowing them through the house and they say, you know, uh, this is, you know, knob and tube. They're just like, yes, I know that. That's awesome. You know, That's so so it, it almost sounds like they're colleagues talking to each other oh, and the I level of confidence that they have after that. It's like, let's move forward. I'm confident yeah. in, in moving forward, even though, like you said, there's no house that's perfect. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be something with the house. And they're like, I'm comfortable with that because it's, you know, it's a disposable system. I can take care of that later. If it's a core system, you know, I'm like, yeah, run away. Unless, mm -hmm. unless, you, unless you're planning on dumping a lot of money into this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so great to hear. I love the sense of empowerment. That's exactly what I was trying to give to people through the book was to be more empowered and being able to look at houses confidently. You know, that's, that's it. Well, you've done a successful job. I know that's what, that's been my experience for me, for my for my colleagues, and also for clients. So, again, Dylan, thank you so much uh, for taking your time to be on the show with me today, and for writing the book, The Confident House Hunter. You can find it on Amazon. Super affordable, really quick, easy read. Um, and of course, if you are my client, uh, this comes in your packet. So you will yeah. get this as well. With a cheat sheet. <laughs> yes, with a cheat sheet. They do get a cheat sheet uh, with awesome. that, which makes it much easier. I so uh, again, thank you very much. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, please give me some feedback, like my podcast, and please stay tuned for the next one.